Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mindfully Rich Podcast, your weekly mindful look at life and finances with a twist. I'm your host, Richie, and y'all, I'm back. I know, I took a week off. It was heavy, y'all. Heavy, heavy. Ain't that what Effie said on, uh, what was that, Dream Girls? <laughs> Nah, y'all, it was a heavy week. And so in honor of Blackout Tuesday, I decided not to do an episode because I didn't feel right promoting an episode. I didn't feel right making an episode just because I'm sure y'all have all heard of the death of George Floyd. And before George, there was Ahmaud Aubrey. We have Breonna Taylor. It's just a lot. And I'm getting so tired of seeing our unarmed black men and women just dying at the hands of unethical cops and it was just a mess and so we already know that there's a lot of systematic racism going on in these systems and we need a change that's why you see all the marches all the protests going on everywhere just because we need to find some way to make a change, get these laws changed, get this legislation changed. You know, when we say Black Lives Matters, you know what we're talking about. And if you don't know, you part of the problem. And so it's just because it's been so much going on, I didn't think that it was fitting for me to do an episode because I definitely didn't feel like promoting one. And so I'm back this week and I've taken what's been going on and I put it into an episode. Not going to be too heavy, a little heavy, but not too, too, too much. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into what our mindful money moments is going to be. Our music inspiration comes from Childish Gambino. And this episode is This is America Financial Discrimination episode, but specifically in the banking industry. All right, y'all. So I know I didn't told y'all I have worked in the banking industry between credit unions and banks for the last coming up on 14 years. So all of my adult life, I have been in this industry. And I don't know if I've ever told y'all the story, but I got into the industry because I wanted to learn about money. But when I went to open up an account in Panama City, Florida, I was 19 years old and I was going to this credit union, open up an account and I had a charge off and I didn't know what a charge off was at the time. So like when we open up accounts, you know, as uninformed teenagers back in the day, we didn't know that I'm going to say some of us didn't know. Well, we probably knew, but didn't really know. So I had charged off the account. I had used a checking account. Fees had incurred on the account. And I was like, fees? What? Ain't nobody paying that? You know, so I had charged off the account. And so when I was 19, um, after I had moved to Panama City, Florida, tried to open up a bank account at a credit union. And the girl didn't tell me what it was that a charge off was. She didn't tell me what it is I needed to do so that I could clear it up. And so I didn't like that. So one thing about me, I'm a take action type of person. Like you ain't finna get me. So she didn't tell me what a charge off was. She just said, I can't open your account for it. Now, Panama City at that time, not a lot of black people. Because I've been black all my life, I attribute a lot of stuff to racism. You know, sometimes I'm just like, ah, she ain't tell me because she racist. You know, that was what I was thinking. But what I did with that information was, okay, I got a charge off. Let me figure out what the hell a charge off is and let's get this together. And so 
I went into research mode. I'm 19. I find out what a charge off is. I call whoever it is that I needed to call to get this paid because I had to find out where I had a charge off at. I call, I end up calling that branch back to find out, Hey, I believe they told me I had a charge off. Do y'all know who it is that I need to pay? And they told me who it was. I paid, it was TCF bank back at home in Chicago. So I paid TCF off. And then I went back to that same branch to open up an account. Now, a lot of y'all probably thinking like, why would you go back to that same place? I did it for a reason. I went back to that same place, showed old girl that I was able to open up the account, paid off whatever it was that I needed to. And I did a whole nother thing just to show her. I started working for the credit union, right? The same branch. That's the crazy part. See, I told y'all, I'm one of those people. So, uh, <laughs> so I wanted to learn about the things that go on in the financial industry since I had already been this. So I tell y'all this story because I don't know who's ever been in that situation before. And you probably just let it go. Just said, you know what? They didn't help me. You go to the next place. Nope. You got to find out. And so when I'm talking about financial discrimination that goes on in the banking industry, people going to be people, right? Like there's not a racism application that we fill out to say, you know, are you going to be racist towards this, these type of people and these type of people? Like it's not in there. People grow up with whatever it is that they grow up with that makes them into the people that who, of who they are, right? And so that's when we got to take it a different step. So if you've ever walked into, say, a branch of a credit union or a um, bank and you feel like you've been discriminated against, what did you do? with that. Did you just walk up out of there or did you try to do something? Did you ask to speak to a manager? Did you try to, you know, make a way to get whatever it is that you did want? Because I'm one of those people that if I'm there to get it, I'm going to find a way to make sure that I see it through. And a lot of times what I notice, you know, what I hear more so because I haven't witnessed it because I work in the banking industry. And I'm going to tell you all a little bit about that later. But a lot of people just let it go. Stop letting those things go. Do something about it. Just like right now, we happen to get change going on for all of the things that have been going on with George Floyd, um, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, all of those things while we marching, while we protesting, do something about those types of things. And so I'm going to walk y'all through a few of the roles that I've had in the banking industry. So I started off as a teller. I was a teller for about maybe three months or so. And then I went to a desk. Now, y'all, when I got to the desk as a loan officer and account representative, let me tell you what, this is the position I had been waiting on because remember my story, when I had initially went into this branch, the lady didn't help me. So now I was in a position where I can show people, all people, that I would not be that person who would discriminate against them. I would be the person that can help them. So like all, you know, the black men and women, when they would come in there, they'd be like, oh, snap, sister girl, protect her at all costs. <laughs> I was that girl. When you walk in, you like, yes, sister girl, they made it. That's what I was up in there doing, okay? Right now, I know it's a lot of these credit repair agency things type people going on out here, even though you could do all this stuff yourself. Whole nother episode that we can talk about that. But 
As a dispute analyst, when I worked for a credit union, I was the one that sat at the desk and I would receive the disputes as they come in. And so Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, they would say, hey, we have such and such. They are disputing this against your company. You now have to research it. So I used to research those things and I would say, yes, this is valid. No, this isn't valid. Or if I didn't respond to that, your request would go in the direction of what it is that you said happened. If you said you were never 30 days late and I never said anything to that, then it would be ruled in your favor because I did not answer that. I want y'all to hear me very clearly when I just said what I said, okay? If I researched it and said, no, this is correct, that means that it's going to be ruled in our favor, in the, the credit union or the bank's favor. But if I didn't respond to it, it rules in the person's favor. I hope y'all taking notes. All right. So I did that. I worked in the visa department. I handled the charge offs. I'm sorry, the charge backs. You know, those things when you go somewhere, you spend money and then you charge in the back. Like it wasn't me. Who did that? With your Porsche self. We know I did that. So I was the person who handled those. And one of my biggest roles in banking, um, was as a credit underwriter. So as a loan underwriter, and I say credit underwriter just because it was called credit analyst, but as a credit analyst, I was fortunate enough that I got a chance to do both. I analyzed credit and I also made the decision if someone was to get the loan. So said yes, no, or maybe two loans. So that to me, like that was the epitome of where it was that I was trying to go in banking from when I first started as a, a teller working my, my way up until I actually got into the role. Now, the reason why I bring this role up is because I know that there's a lot of discrimination and I know that there's a lot of myths around discrimination and I'm not trying to knock the real discrimination that goes on. But one thing that I can tell y'all is my experience as a loan officer. And I want y'all to listen to me really clearly just because I live this life. I didn't been in this industry for 14 years. Okay. So as a credit underwriter, credit loan underwriter, um, I underwrote personal loans, auto loans, um, credit cards. What else did I underwrite? I also did mortgage modifications in another life of mine um, to say yes or no if you were able to modify your mortgage. Um, I did a lot of underwriting. I've done a lot of credit analysis. So when I talk about credit, I pride myself on this. I know this shit back and forth and excuse me, but I just got to go ahead and flex for myself real quick. But when I did this role, one thing that I love about the company that I did this role for is our department was very diverse. Okay. And when I'm talking about diverse, I'm not talking about we had one black girl and a, and an Asian um, guy or a woman there. No, we were pretty diverse. We outweighed um, my, our counterparts, our white counterparts that were there. It was majority Asian and black. And I love that. And so the importance of having different cultures especially as your underwriters is you get a chance to get different opinions in the room. You get a chance to have different voices heard. I understand my community. Y'all don't know where I grew up, but I grew up in Harvey between Harvey and Markham, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. And so you want to me in the underwriting room. Okay. I'm black like this, like the black side of your hand, not like the light side. Okay. And so you want to me sitting at that table to figure out if you're going to get a loan. Like no lie. Every time I saw a Sharkeisha or Divine come through, I'm like, 
I got to help Sharkeisha and Devon out. Like, yo, what they working with. But this is the thing that y'all got to understand, especially for an underwriter. They have rules. You have to work a job and you have to work to work a job for a certain amount of time. If you only been on a job for a month or two months, you ain't giving me too much to work with. Okay. If your credit is all the way in the tank, you're not giving the person enough to work with. And so I, I was fortunate enough to be the type of underwriter that would call people and say, or I would call the loan officer and say, yo, call them up and ask them why they sucked from this year to that year, because we got to work this out. Like, what can we do? We look beyond that. And I know a lot of y'all, y'all concentrate on them credit scores like crazy. But the thing that you miss when you concentrate on credit scores too much is you miss the credit report. Think about back in the day, how GPAs was calculated. You took classes, the classes had a grade, all together that made your GPA. That's how your credit score is. And I need, especially because since I'm talking about financial discrimination, I need all my people and all the people who feel discriminated against to pay attention to your credit. If you are over the age of 25 right now, you have been in this world enough to know why you need credit and how it works. And there is too many resources out here that inform us of how these things work for us not to know why it is that we need it and how it works. And I have an episode where I talk all about it. And so that's something that I need people to understand. So check your credit reports. I mean, you got to check that thing often. I know a lot of people like, oh man, I don't want to check it and all this other type of stuff. No, that's not being a responsible adult. I'm going to need you to check it just because you don't want the myth to be they didn't give me credit because they didn't give me a loan because I'm black. They didn't give me a loan because I'm Hispanic. They didn't give me a loan because I'm Asian. They didn't give me a loan because whatever race it is that you are. You want to make sure that you're not giving nobody anything that they can point out to you. When you walk in there with A1 credit, they can't do nothing to you. Your credit is not determined by your race. Your credit is determined by the things that you have acquired and how you've kept up with that. So that's the one thing that I will say, especially as a loan officer, because I know I did my part. I was up in there. I was like, God, I'm going to do what I can do for the people. Okay. And I know that from the environment that I worked in, the people that were in my department, we were always fair. We didn't get a chance to see, you know, what race the person was when it came across our desk. Now, you can kind of tell from the name. I mean, that's y'all out there naming your kids, okay? That's y'all business, okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> but for the most part, it was honesty. We made sure that we were very ethical with what we do. But I also know I'm not, I'm not oblivious to the fact that there are other companies out there that are not the same way that don't do that. And so the thing, what I will say with that, you got to know where it is that you should apply. You got to ask, you got to network, you got to find those people that can let you know, these ain't the people you want to rock with. And that's with anything. It's always going to be people that you want to um, mess with people that you don't. And another thing before I get off of credit, if you've been declined, the reason why I believe that you should know your credit, understand how it works is so in the case that you are declined, ask why. Don't just accept that decline. Look, 
I have had that happen to me where I was declined and I knew I should have been approved. And I got that decision turned around. Make that underwriter work. Make that loan officer work. Ask the questions that need to be asked so that way you can get to the answer that you need to get to. Don't just accept no. I am not an accept no type of person. Anybody that know me will tell you, okay? <laughs> so I'm letting you know as a previous underwriter, you can ask for the reasons why you're declined. Don't accept anything generic. Understand what the reasoning is. Is it debt to income? Was my credit score not at the right score that it needed to be? What is the right score that it needs to be? What range are y'all looking for? Ask the right question so that you can get the results that you're looking for for your life. Nobody's going to fight for you like you will fight for you. So I'm giving you this advice to make sure that you take it. So what do you do if you do feel discriminated against? Do something about it. Tell someone about it. Find somewhere else that will rock with you and will treat you with the respect of what you feel that you should be treated because nobody should be discriminated against, especially in the financial industry. Just because our money, we all make money. We want to make sure that it's safe. You want to make sure that you're able to get the things that you have to get and deal with the people at the place where you house your money. So doing something about those things. And so I didn't work with uh, small business loans or um, small businesses as a whole. I used to open small business accounts, things like that. But I don't know the loan size of those things. So the one thing that I'll say about that is make sure that your business is intact. The reason why I have underwrote for small businesses and the thing that I'll say about small businesses, no matter what race you are, the thing that kills small businesses the most is hiding your money. Not that you're trying to hide your money because you're trying to take advantage of all the programs programs that are available to you. But when you do that, you make it so your income is so low that your debt to income is not in a position where you can get approved. And so what I'll say on the small business side is find people who have done it. People who are in your same industry, who have gotten the loans that you're trying to get, find out what it is that they've done. So that way you can work with the people that they've worked with so that you can get to where it is that you're trying to get, get the information that it is that you need to get. And so that's what I got to say on that front. And then lastly, just getting our finances in order. You know, it's too many people like I used to be this way where I wanted to stunt. I had to buy everything just because I was trying to impress, you know, who was I trying to impress? I don't even know who I was trying to impress, right? So getting our finances in order. And the thing about finances is it takes planning. When you in this adult in life, when you trying to make it, it takes all type of planning. And we all are seeing what's going on in our world right now. Having an emergency plan, having some type of money set aside for yourself. When you get to a certain adult age, you have got to start making plans for your future unless you're not planning on having a future. And the thing that sets us back a lot is not only, I mean, I can go into the wage gaps. Wage gaps need to be, something needs to be done about that. They need to go in there because I'm going to say for black women, because black men at least get paid a little bit higher than us because they'd be like, oh, he has a family. But the wage gaps, yes, wage gaps need to be fixed. There is some type of discrimination against in wage gaps. That is a thing. Okay. Uh, we have to battle and tackle one issue at a time, but if you're currently working, whatever it is that you're making your income from, you know how much it is that you make. Control whatever it is that you spend. That is going to help you to build a better financial situation for yourself. And what I can say is a lot of people don't do that. And that's with all races. And 
that's not a discriminate discriminatory thing. That's a you think where we can control those types of things. Like we know that there are certain things where we are discriminated against, but what it is that you do with your money is what you do with your money. And the things that can keep us ahead of the game is keeping our finances in order and keeping our credit tight. So when we do need something, they ain't got nothing that they can throw at us. Because I just told y'all as an underwriter, I can't sit there and discriminate against you because of what race you are. If you bring in all the stuff that you need to bring to the table, I can't do that. Don't give people a reason. And that's something that I really wanted to make sure that I put out there. Now, back in the day, I do know that there was a thing with the redlining where um, blacks and black communities uh, loans wasn't being made to them. Mortgage loans wasn't being made to them because of the areas where they grew up. And speaking of that, where you grow up, like back in the day, I used to love my little community stores. Like we had all the little black little community stores. We called them little black stores. They wasn't owned by black people. But for the most part, I used to love it. But I didn't realize it until I got older where I saw the big businesses wasn't in our neighborhoods. Those are things that need to change. How they're going to change is us bringing those things up, us protesting, us being at those council meetings, us doing something about those things. And so I did this episode basically to say, what are we going to do about those things that we want to see get better in our communities? What type of changes are we going to make, especially since we're in a mode of change right now? How are you going to invoke change? And that's it, y'all. I want to thank all y'all for listening. Share, share, share. Connect with me on IG at Mindfully Rich. And until next time, when I hit y'all with another one.